this week, we go to Amsterdam, the David O. Russell film uh, with an all-star cast in which uh, three characters form a huge bond of friendship during World War I that continues long after the war. They're drawn into what looks like a murder investigation in which they've got to prove they're innocent. In the meantime, reveal a horrible possible worldwide conspiracy. Amsterdam and our big question of name a movie that's two hours you'll never get back. Amsterdam, if you've seen the previews for it, an absolutely loaded cast full of multiple award winners, award nominees, dramatic actors, comedic actors, superheroes, superheroes, <laughs> musicians, oh, yeah. uh, as well. A few surprises that maybe weren't teased in the trailers as well, too. So given a cast like this, typically expectations will be a little high that you at least be thoroughly entertained, that something of this movie will have context to make you go, you know what? I enjoyed that. And it has been getting before it even goes public. some interesting mixed reviews based on screenings from critics from moviegoers alike that have seen this and it's 134 minutes long it is based just after world war one and before world war two really gets going so in that period that oftentimes is forgotten based on a lot of our forgotten soldiers sure as well uh so it kind of delves into that as well as the rise of potential overtaking of the u.s government from fascists really exploring some of these things as the underlying history that is going on in the this is kind of based on real <laughs> aspect I, of the I, film i did love the so, title card which was yes. a lot of these things happen a lot of these things really happen so i like the way they put that so the three main characters are bert with which is christian bale uh valerie margot robbie and harold john david washington and those are three main characters plus plenty of others that go into this as well too that make up this entire movie i want to yes. start with jim First of all, on this, because I'm very curious on your thoughts, your overall thoughts before we really get dive deep. Well, Jim usually has the art house score. He always yeah. says that. <laughs> and I will also say that this movie, with the cast that it has, is typically, you see an all-star cast like this, an all-star team come together for a film, put egos aside, all that stuff, right? Top yeah. billing and all this crap, right, that matters so much to the Hollywood industry. You see that put aside uh, usually when they want to work with a filmmaker or they want to yes. they want to be a, attached to a certain project. Let's work with David O. Russell. And David O. Well, Russell no, but that's, is but one say of That's those. typically what it is. Yeah. Right? So I'm very interested to hear Mr. Arthouse over here. So the opposite of Mars Attacks. Yes, the opposite <laughs> of Mars <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> David O. Russell is the writer and director of Silver Linings Playbook and American Hustle, uh, two highly regarded films, lots of winners and you know nominations for the Academy uh, for his previous work. And I think definitely was the reason that so many highly regarded actors wanted to be in this film no matter what it was because they knew he was going to be probably bringing something good. But he also has some problematic history as well. He does. So, curious. Not enough to scare people right. off. <laughs> uh, a lot of people in minor roles, I, I loved that they came in and some of them known for other things, whether it be uh, comedic roles or uh, we have another movie uh, like Harry Styles and Don't Worry Darling, where we have a top pop superstar who appears in the movie, Taylor Swift. I didn't know she was in this film. She surprised me on screen. I wasn't sure what to expect. I thought she played it pretty well. I thought everybody played it pretty well. Everybody toned themselves down a bit. Uh, Chris Rock, 
providing some great comedic relief. But it was Chris Rock toned down and focused. Yes. Really love that. Mike Myers, <laughs> uh, who obviously knows how to play goofy and over the top, I thought he gave a restrained and focused great performance. So all even these minor characters we know for other things, I thought they, they blended in perfectly in a, in a movie that I pretty much enjoyed almost start to finish. Honestly, I was not expecting that. <laughs> okay. I was not, I don't know. Jim or Jim. Okay. Okay. I don't know why. I just, you had this look on your face <laughs> and I was expecting like full on trashing. Poker face. Okay. Yeah, you have a great poker face going yeah. on. For those who for those who don't know, we do not talk about our opinions of films no. before we walk in here. No, we do not. So it it's not like we're you know, show prepping and like you know, like we don't share our opinions, we keep them close to the vest. So what Jim was doing apparently was playing it like he didn't care for it or that it was very average. <laughs> and then he unloads on us in real time that he actually enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's my initial take. Uh, Jeremy, take over your initial take of Amsterdam. My initial take was that it was a it was a, it was an average movie. I really enjoyed a lot of the performances. I thought the comedic timing was funny, but I wouldn't call it a comedy. It was a, kind of a detective type of thing, but I didn't really understand why a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see anything special about the David O. Russell direction. That would make me, as a as an actor, clamor to be a part of his project. Which, again, when you have an all-star cast like this, yeah. usually it's like, no, no, we're waiting for the next picture by X. This great Tarantino, yeah. whoever it is, right? And then, and then I want to be a part of that no matter how small it is. Right. And I didn't get any of that. I'm not saying it wasn't good. I'm just, I just didn't get any of that, like, oh, that's why they want to be a part of it. Or, oh, I, get, I see the charm in this. Sure. Or I, I didn't get any of that. And so uh, it's kind of like, okay, it's a movie. Shoulder shrug. I don't know. I mean, you know, you know, the, and uh, closes notebook. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Christian Bale was outstanding at his character. I thought he he sold me that he was this guy from the World War One era. Gore the God Butcher. Yes, Gore. The, yeah, he wasn't got Gore the God Butcher. He wasn't Batman. He wasn't. You know, he was. He was this quirky doctor who doesn't have an eye because yeah. of his fighting in the war. Yes, and, and that I, eye really does play a role. It does, and all. And again, it was it was enjoyable. His performance in particular was enjoyable, but there was nothing about it that I was like, you know what, that movie was unbelievable. Like, I, I didn't just didn't. I left not thinking that. I did leave, however, saying there's a lot of editing issues in the okay. film. There's a lot of dialogue that was shot from behind somebody or off camera, hmm. and I had a real problem with that. So I'm like, well, if there's this great director, why can't you get the shot right? I mean, he has a reputation. Of making people do hundreds of takes for one, and they're exhausted. So if that's the case, why can't you get it right? Numerous times on the screen, they're walking down the street or something, and the camera is behind them, and there's a and there's a piece of dialogue, or they're talking to someone across the table, and the person not talking is on camera, and there's a piece of dialogue. Interesting and that all, you, all these different but things, but not seeing them, you automatically assume he didn't get the shot, as opposed to that was his intention. Correct. That okay. is that, as an audience member. That's, that's what I thought. That's what you felt. As a as an editor myself, not to this degree, of course. To me, it just screamed. We didn't get the shot we wanted, so we're going to put this dialogue in this other take, in a place where we can put it on this shot I did like. Okay. And the only way we can do that is if the person's their mouth isn't visible or their jaw is visible. <laughs> right. And there was a lot of that. Or it wasn't once or twice. It was at hmm. least a dozen times. I, I didn't... thought it was more intentional because it seemed like given the narration of the movie that it was more of an omniscient setting that we were following along on the misadventures of this pair and 
But what does not that have rumple. to? Do, but what does that have to do with a, di- a line of dialogue from Christian Bale, who's not being seen, and while they're showing a very awkward shot of Gamora? Gamora. <laughs> so Sorry, I, just, I just want to work that answer. <laughs> as, oh as a Marvel fan, I just want to work that. Answer. Uh, oh I apologize. Well, you know, she clearly I, deserves her due. I, just I, to I can't. Uh, it, given your premise that he didn't get the shot he wants, I could give that to you. Maybe if two characters are walking down the street away from the camera, but. I think when somebody was off screen and they're just doing a typical back and forth kind of shot and you're hearing somebody speak and you're seeing somebody else, we're supposed to see the reaction of the character who hears it. But there was no reaction in the shot, in the examples I'm talking about. Okay. It wasn't like he was working on something and you have to see him working on When they're doing the autopsy, great example. Yeah. They're doing the autopsy and, you know, and uh, Zoe Zaldana, not Gamora. Is, is doing the autopsy with him, okay? And she's scooping out the liquid, and she's like, oh, look in here, you know, whatever, whatever. That's fine if that dialogue's not on camera. I'm not like, oh, literally, has been no. But I'm, that's a great example of, like, clearly you're supposed to be looking at something. Right. The reason it hit me so many times during the film is because it seemed to be awkward shots. Like, oh, I hmm. shouldn't be watching this. This is not the scene I should be watching as an audience member. It should be a different scene. Or I'm looking at this awkward kind of cutaway shot when it doesn't really make any sense. And all of a sudden there's this line of like, how are you going to handle that bill on the other side? Which directly leads into the next scene that we do get to see. And he's like, well, I'm going to go down. He's explaining a plan all of a sudden. Right. And it just felt odd. And that's you're good for one of those in every film. Right. Not a dozen. (laughs) No, no, you, you personally as a reviewer are, you're good for one of those things that none of us saw, but, Got you, and it really ticks you off. It and does piss it me. It ticks off. you off because again, he came in with because <laughs> I didn't pick up any of that. I thought I didn't all of it was it intentional up. for what yeah. they were trying to accomplish. David O. Russell has a has a has a reputation for being this great filmmaker, and I was, and I mean, I've seen his films before, but I'm saying I was expect. Oh, this is the next David O. Russell film. Sure, it's not like oh, this is just the next action movie I want to go see. Right, like this is a like, they're billing it halfway. It's David O. Russell's film. That's like the big. Selling point. I don't so, know. I would differ with you. I would say they sold the cast. No, sure, but I'm, what yeah, I mean is but, like people. Uh, people are. It's like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Sure. People say there are expectations. I'm going to see the next Quentin Tarantino movie. It's the cast and Quentin Tarantino. Right. That's, that's right. So yes. therefore, he his reputation precedes him. I thought, okay, this is going to be great, and I just ran into all these little pieces that didn't seem to fit. So during our screening of the film, I was listening for reactions from other critics. Just to see. And you can tell there's everyone's on different levels of how they were interacting and viewing this film. That, that's a good point. That was evident. Yeah. And it was, it was very evident because this film is full of dry humor. Yeah. I felt mm-hmm. there was plenty of dry humor. Yes. And that is not for everyone. <laughs> 100% not for everyone. That is and, accurate. and you could tell <laughs> when uh, some comedic jokes landed in a silly way right. or maybe a little more slapstick physical comedy different people reacted like that's oh right. that's what got him going whereas the others were just going mm. so <laughs> there were times where i chuckled because i thought it was pretty darn hilarious and maybe a couple others did but mm-hmm. in a room of what 15 to 20 people you could tell everyone was differently interacting yeah. with this film and the, and the comedy behind it and the opposite was also happening. We didn't laugh sometimes just because of whatever. And then all of a sudden, a different pocket of the audience. Yes. Yes. It was very interesting. So that's one thing that showed my appreciation for some of the the interactions in this film. Overall, what stood out most to me on this was Margot Robbie. 
She's a treasure. She, again, is another one similar to Florence Pugh <laughs> that just commands attention on a film. She draws you in. It's mesmerizing the way she's able to just command her character as well. And the depth of her character, too, in that you're thinking she's French. <laughs> and all of a sudden, no, she's American, full-on American. A French with skills. Like French she's with a skills. nurse. She's, like a she's nurse. not just some random French lady walking down the street. Yeah. She's yeah. got this ridiculous set of- And like, is able to argue in French, yeah, too. Right. Like, it's not just getting by. She's <laughs> and, speaking French. And sing. Uh, and sing, and yes. Sing, yeah. So I like the cinematography of this. It's another one of those ones I thought it was beautifully done. Um, a lot of up-close shots <laughs> as well, yeah. too. And- I don't think the, the the casting of so many big names took away from it, even though I was like, oh, oh, oh. They're those, like, those little moments of recognition. Like, oh, my God, yeah. it's Zod. Uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> oh Austin God, Powers. It's yeah. yeah. I, it didn't take away from me. If anything, I thought what was the kookiest was Mike Myers, even though he definitely toned it down. It was still one of those, like, freaking Austin Powers. But that was supposed uh, to be. I know. It was supposed, yeah. to, be. Yeah. It was supposed he, to be. He is a, yeah, a well, character. Well, those two intelligence characters, too, were supposed to be a little off. Like, They're a little comic what relief. What are they yes. really doing here? What is going on? Now, I've read some things that people are like, they just don't get it. They don't get the direction. They think the storytelling's off. I never got lost in watching this, so I don't know if you're looking at your phone while you're watching this film or distracted, because if you're paying attention, I thought the story moved along. Did I, do I think it's great? And fantastic? No, I thought it was okay. It was good, but I followed along with it. I never got confused of where they were in the movie. I thought they set that up plenty with what was going on within the story. So I'm very glad you brought that up. That is a problem. Some people did not follow the movie. I I noticed it even that night. We were uh, one of the last to leave the theater, and there was like a security slash worker mm-hmm. from the theater who said out loud. Well, it's pretty good. I don't know, really followed it, but it was pretty good. And I think that's a lot of people that saw it. I personally was able to follow it. I had no problems with that. I but had no I, problem with it. There's some jumping just because for the storytelling purposes sure. of it, you're jumping a little bit, but the jumps felt natural and it explained itself and then it hopped right back into the story. Maybe it's because I like history movies and I'm kind of following along with it. I don't know, but I had no problem following along with this film and where it was going and then it got crazy near the end and a couple twists and some predictabilities and things like that happening but i was entertained i had no overall problems with it i think some people went into this wanting to find a problem with it because of the director and because of the full-on cast and you have an all-star cast like that they want to find problems with movies like that so they can trash it I'm not one of those people I went in wanting to enjoy it because I like the casting of this. Like you said with Chris Rock, he toned it down, but he still got to make fun of white supremacy, which was great. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. He, he did his, add the, it, it was choice. The was, words he yeah. had were so good. It was yes. great. And so I, I, I liked Robert De Niro's character and the way that he kind of voiced that. And at the very end where they show the clip of him side by side with the real <laughs> video that took place of the of the general of the general yeah. an- announced you know they that they thwarted a, a fascist overtaking of the American government yeah I mean that where they tied into some things that really did happen and some things that were you know exaggerated and dramatic for dramatic effects so yeah I liked it and again if you didn't understand it I think that's on you uh, it's funny <laughs> because uh, one of the problems I have first of all I understood it. I understood what they were trying to show me and eventually trying to reveal what the big conspiracy was, you know, that that caused the murders they were accused of in the first place. 
One of the problems I had was when they actually capture the bad guys <laughs> and you're in the room with your main characters, you've got uh, the two intelligence people and, you know, the, the people who wanted to take over the government are, have been arrested. At that point, that conversation in the room became so Scooby-Doo explanation <laughs> at the end <laughs> where they're sitting they're over explaining, well, don't you see that this was actually this, and they were all trying to do this, and it was eventually going to that. I thought it, that was the only bit of bad writing, I thought. It seems that wasn't even enough for some people because they did explain everything. It, to me, over-explained it, but uh, it felt quirky and Scooby-Doo-like. We would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for you meddling kids. <laughs> <laughs> and there were parts... That I felt like they over-explained to the point where it dragged a little bit. Sure. Definitely. I mean, it's 134 minutes. It's That's going to happen in a 134-minute long movie where it's going to feel like <laughs> it's the second act. There are parts where I'm like, are we going to get to the third? But overall, I was okay with it because I was just sitting there and I was enjoying watching the film. You mentioned it was 134 minutes long, and it felt like that at parts for mm-hmm. me. It did too. Not yeah. the whole, not the whole movie. I, I didn't. I wasn't like wa- checking my watch every five minutes yeah. or anything. I've, I've been in those films. It's not fun. But <laughs> uh, but there were definitely moments where I was like, I don't know if I need to. Was this ne- is this scene necessary? Can and we, that's when I would know. Oh, can we get further. Yeah. How long we've we been sitting in here? So it takes me out of the film, which we talk about on this podcast all the time. That that's my main detraction with films, is, is that if it takes me out of the film at all, that drives me nuts. I need to be fully immersed in the fantasy that this is real. To the point where I'm not, I don't notice I'm in a movie theater sitting in a chair eating popcorn. I think uh, cleaning it up a little bit, shortening it, a yeah. little more, little better mm-hmm. editing would have would have done that for sure. Okay, final score time. Let's start with uh, Justin Bradford. What did you think okay. of Amsterdam? Of Amsterdam? Well, I I enjoyed it. I chuckled. I laughed. This is not a movie I'm probably going to see more than once because there's no reason for me to. I've seen it. I've I've digested it. I think there aren't twists or tricks or anything like that that I should pick up on that I may have missed, I don't think. So it doesn't have rewatchability for me, which is totally okay. Yeah. There's plenty of movies out there that are great. Sure. That don't. Have, I know Goer has plenty that he considers top films, yep. but he's not going to watch them again. That is correct. Sure. Um, but with that being said, I, I enjoyed the film overall. I found the humor funny. I really liked what what they brought to it, especially the three main characters. I liked the chemistry they had on screen, even though they weren't a throuple. I enjoyed the chemistry <laughs> on screen they brought together. And Margot Robbie, I think, is what carried a lot of it, as well as Christian Bale. But Margot Robbie, in the scenes that she was in, I was just drawn to her on the screen. She was special. She was very special. Credit to all three of them. John David Washington did a fantastic Absolutely. job. Oh, outstanding. Um, Absolutely. But, yeah, Margot Robbie is, uh, I think, placing herself in, in, a, in a special level. I can't of- wait for Barbie. Uh, <laughs> Me too. I was going to say, despite Barbie and DC. <laughs> no, I can't wait for Barbie. I, I can't wait for that. That's, I'm really curious about what this is going to be. But if Christian, it was somebody else, I don't know if I'd be as excited. Yeah. But Christian Bale as well with his quirkiness, because it was comic relief without it being full comic relief. Like it was, un, yes. I want to say unintended, because it was intended by the direction of this movie. It wasn't in your face. It wasn't in your face. It was just, that's him. That's the personality. Humor. Yeah, it was yes. the personality of the character. And I really enjoyed what they did with that. With that, I'm giving it a seven. Interesting. Okay. This is Jim, and I uh, really enjoyed this movie. I didn't think that it dragged, I, uh, except for the Scooby-Doo explaining <laughs> part. Uh, I was in for it. Uh, this is one of the first movies, too, that 
I, I've never made this connection before. As I was watching the movie, I was saying, I love the dialogue. Mm. I think most of the dialogue was so good and so well thought out that even short bits of dialogue were still heavy and had, you know, some weight to them and everybody in it, I think, performed them perfectly. And I think maybe that's why they wanted to be in it because, the, I mean, if you like words and the spoken word, they did it such, so well. A little bit at the end, uh, I think it kind of fell apart a little bit. It's in his storytelling when it got very complicated with uh, who the ultimate conspiracy was. Uh, so I am going to give this movie uh, seven and a half. Okay. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. It has some problems, but I, I truly did have a good time. Jeremy K. Gover. It's very fair. Uh, you mentioned it was 134 minutes long. Like I said, I felt that way in parts. I mentioned that. A lot of these things actually happened was the opening title. Yep. Uh, essentially. And I, that is something that the Woman King could have used. I, 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 I was mm. thinking the now, same thing. It's not the tone for that movie. But, right. I, but the, the, the trailer saying. It's a better saying, description. Yeah. The trailer saying based on a true story or true events, based on true events. Right. And then some of our only issues with that movie was the fact that it's under the guise of these things really happened and it really didn't. A little transparency yeah. uh, difference there. Yeah. I so think. I actually looked at you in the screener. I actually, it said <laughs> a lot of these things actually happened and I looked at you and I was like, see, like, you know, I just pointed at you like I'm hoping yep. you get what I'm throwing down here. Yeah, I was. Uh, they used uh, Taylor Swift just enough. Perfectly. Yeah. I thought she yeah. she's a great addition to the cast. She wants to increase her acting chops. Yep. She's in this big movie. And they used her for a grand total of like seven minutes. And, and they, I thought that was And they great. chose her for the right role. And they did. Yep, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so much so that because she's a big name and a big star, I honestly thought there'd be flashback sequences or something else mm-hmm. that she, they, oh, they're going to yeah. bring her. Of course, they didn't just kill her off in the first few minutes. They're going to you know bring her. And they didn't. No. They talked about her consistently, but they didn't ever show her character again. She's never on screen. And I thought that was perfectly done. Not because I'm against Taylor Swift, but just because she's not. Academy nominated actor. She's not a recognized actor. Yeah, she just wants to wants to flex, and I think that it was great. And that's where the role should have stopped. That's right. All in all, I give it a six. Okay. I thought it was above average. I thought it was a solid movie. If you are into dry humor, like Bradford said earlier, you're really going to like this movie. I do like dry humor. But at the same time, there was nothing. I just okay. It's a movie. I mean, that's essentially what my review boils down to is, okay, comma, it's a movie. Meh. Yeah. (laughs) So I give it a six. Guys, look, we have all, every one of us, okay, has been in a theater or been on a date and rented a movie and we're sitting on the couch or whatever it may be, and it's just been a complete waste of time. The film itself, you have to get through it, whatever the case is, and you're like, oh, my God, we'll ever end. These are the two hours you wish you got back. <laughs> All right. I, yeah, I'll, I'll say uh, it's haunted me uh, since 2004. Okay. And is still living rent-free in a tiny space above mm-hmm. a loft in my brain. That is a movie starring Paul Giamatti and Thomas Hayden Church. And it's I'm... called Sideways. Uh-oh. <laughs> I know that a lot of people love this movie. It is a favorite of of foodies, wine people, and so many other different things. Paul Giamatti has his own fan base. Whatever he does, I'm into it. I hated that movie from start to finish. I found almost all the characters just detestable. And if you're unfamiliar with the movie, 
It is a story of uh, two guys, Thomas Hayden Church and Paul Giamatti. Before one of them is getting married, they're going to go down to wine country and just kind of have, is it a bachelor's weekend? But they're just going to do this one last thing before they get married. And they end up meeting a couple of girls there. And there's a lot of wine drank. And that movie makes me sick. Uh, especially Paul Giamatti, uh, who I love as an actor, and I appreciate the fact that he was supposed to be sort of a detestable character. I still, I hated him. I hated the feelings it gave me. There was nobody to root for, I felt, in this film, and I just felt pretentiousness oozing out of the screen. Ooh, the wine people are going to love this. Ooh. So I... Just, uh, I'm still a little livid, and here we are, 18 years later. But I have a question, though. Like this, yes. and, and, again, and again, everyone's opinion is their own, right? And I'm not even saying, I'm not even sticking up for the movie. Yeah. But it re- had, had such critical acclaim. It did, and I really, I will put that, is in the category of, it was a coffee table movie. People used to talk about a coffee table book, a book you wanted to put out so that if somebody came over, they saw that you were reading that and it said something about you. And I think it was kind of a little bit like that, but with wine. Like, we appreciate wine. I mm. love this movie. I, <laughs> I wasn't a part of that community, so I can't say what it was that critics loved about it. I just felt this movie just went until it stopped and I hated the things they did throughout. So it's curious. <laughs> so it's got a 7.5 in IMDb. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Rotten Tomatoes, this is what's curious, though. The critic score, the tomato meter is a 97%. See, mm-hmm. that's amazing. But the yeah. audience score, 79. Still pretty good. It's still, still, good pretty, it's still pretty good. That's, that's good, but it does show that there is a discrepancy between the two in terms of what people are wanting out of a well, film. Well, okay, but in fairness, there's so, a discrepancy on almost every film between the well, yes, critics and the that's, fans. It's almost 20%. No, right, right, right. So, yeah, yeah. And, and I also think uh, that means something because if you're going to go and watch a movie about some guys going to the wine country, you are in a very narrow niche right. in, the, in, in the film goer you know, database. So like, I think you're going to tend to want to like it going in. So I, I don't know. Uh, I still think. It's curious. That's it very just, curious, uh, a movie, but I get I get your point. Just riles me. I totally understand your points on that. I will I will admit that I only saw the movie in 2004 because there was so much critical acclaim. Because you're a wine connoisseur. No, <laughs> what are all these people <laughs> talking about? For those who don't know, I, I don't drink, so that's why Bradford says it. But uh, uh, cheer but, wine, uh, but I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, not even this year. Actually. No oh. soda. Remember, sworn off soda. Remember, good for you. Uh, 2022. Woo, it sucks. <laughs> anyway, so this 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 movie, I I only went and saw it because. It was it, everyone was. T- every, it was there was the buzz was all around it, like oh, you yes. got to go see this movie. It's this and that. It's an, it's an artistic masterpiece. Blah 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 blah. blah I blah. heard the same things, and so that's it's interesting that you say that you didn't care for it. And that's I, I wouldn't put it in that regard, but for me, but I I, I get it. You know, yeah. Go over your turn. It is my turn, and I'm I'm insisting because I was gonna go to you next. But it just so happens that my movie is also from 2004, and so uh-huh. I thought that might be a that might be a fun little theme we have going on. Okay, oh, God, I hope yours is a 2004. <laughs> it's not uh, the two hours you'll never get back is, is in 2004. My definition: I want to make sure that I'm clear about this up front. It can't just be a bad movie, okay? Because there are bad movies, right? Sometimes even horrible that you are still hilariously bad. Or you share some moves with your friends, moments with your friends. Howard the Duck. And, and yeah, Howard the Duck is a great <laughs> example. Right. 
uh, I have fond memories of Lance, my, my friends Lance, Lisa, and Wysock and I all renting. We'd, we'd, we used to do a bad movie night where we'd go down to Blockbuster or Hollywood Video back yeah. in the day, for those who remember that, and, it, <laughs> and we would go pick the worst-looking film and bring it home. And uh, I wish for the life of me I could remember what it was called, but it's still, but it's it just it's so funny. So, but but that's a horrible movie, right? But yeah, okay, but it's it's still, you can still enjoyable enjoy. in the moment, right? Yeah. So, so I'm I'm taking that out of it. It has to be just an awful, awful waste of my time. Where I got there's nothing redeeming about it. Okay, that's sure. my definition. And with that, my answer is Troy from mm. 2004 with Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt. Yeah. Uh, I was so excited. For that movie, I'm a history buff, you know, oh, it's going to be cool, Brad Pitt's a great actor, you know. I left the theater, literally, that was the first time I've ever left the theater thinking, I wish I was anywhere else. <laughs> and I, there was nothing redeeming about it at, whatsoever. So Troy, in 2004, is my, my, my pick. I have an, one honorable mention, and that's Last Action Hero. Uh, oh, yeah. Now, that's a great mm-hmm. example. It's of- a it's a honorable mention because a buddy of mine rented it for him and his girlfriend to watch, and I was third wheel, uh, and I fell asleep during it. At, <laughs> I've never fallen asleep during a movie before, <laughs> even intentionally. Like, I'm going to put this on and kind of pass out. No. Can't all do it. We, no. I'm paying attention. But this I one. I fell asleep on that one. I figured that was worth an honorable mention. So back to Troy. This... That was in 2004, too, was it? I <laughs> no. I guess, okay, okay. I guess it shows 90, that Govert is a film critic. Because yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes for Troy, 73% audience score, 53% That's tomato more meter. like it. That's what I was talking about earlier. That's more <laughs> yeah. like it. It's usually audience up, critics down. Sure. Mm-hmm. So the fact, so I take it back. Your note earlier about it going the other way, by the critics saying, I actually get, you. I give it its due. I apologize. Thank you. Oh, oh look thank at you that. so much. Oh, look at that. It was an olive branch passed between two notes. members of the <laughs> untitled film podcast project okay so um justin bradford are you ready to tell us about the two hours yeah. you'll never get back and so, I, got, I just got to reiterate it better be 2004 it's not <laughs> it's not i'm sorry oh, i'm so sorry uh, as much as i'd like to go with paul blart 2 or <laughs> the or the emoji movie or or something like that this is a a, a pretty recent one and it's because the entire time watching i'm going why am I continuing watching this? I'm wasting my time. This is god awful. Why am I doing this? Sure, I'm somehow hooked in. I want to see how it ends, but we, we it's hate bad. watching it. I think I know I what hate it watching because it. it's a real thing. Hate I'm going to write it down. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil yeah, it. You, you type it, it right down. now. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, have you okay. finished typing it? He's, 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 he's have you finished typing it? it? Yes, okay. I finished typing it. Moonfall. Yeah, that's it. I got it right here. Look. Oh. My God, this is one of those ones that I kind of wanted to see in the theaters when it was out, but I didn't have a chance to because I like eh, it looked dumb. But sometimes disaster movies can be fun, dumb, right? Okay. Time okay. out. Yeah, time out. Okay, so people are like, "Why do you want to go see the movie theater when you're AMC A list like we oh, are? Yeah, you just go see whatever you even remotely desire to see. Yeah, because sure. it's the same. And disaster movies look just better on a big screen, yeah, anyways. Exactly. Typically, the Carry sound, on. everything like that, right? Okay, so uh, Moonfall, so, which I have not seen. Uh, but is like they keep pushing it on me on HBO. Yeah, of course Max, they do. Yeah, yeah, of course they do because it's bad. Uh, they bid on the uh, rights. So Halle Berry, okay. Halle Berry, Patrick Wilson, John Bradley are the three main stars, and it 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 is about the moon leaving orbit and crashing into Earth. That's okay. not on paper. That's not a terrible plot. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. The plot 
is actually not bad for a weird disaster movie. It's, and I'm spoiling it, but it's awful, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think anybody cares. That the moon was actually a spaceship that was built by ancient aliens. Oh, that's what the actual plot is? That, that That's what the moon is. <gasps> and that's the plot, and that there's this mysterious, mysterious AI mm. that has taken over that was discovered eons ago, and it has taken over trying to destroy the moon and destroy the Earth. This is but, getting worse and but, worse. But here's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> During a shuttle mission, Patrick Wilson is on, this mysterious AI comes and destroys the space shuttle. Nobody believes him, and he is, like, kicked out of NASA and everything. Yet Halle Berry's character becomes the director of NASA, and she was on that shuttle mission as well, but she was knocked out, and they blamed him for it. Nobody wanted to believe him. Okay, this already so, sounds pretty pitiful. It's bad. It's it's really bad. And so they have to basically restart the engine in the moon to get it back to orbit. <laughs> and, but here's the thing. Okay. For those of you, a lot of times with disaster movies, you have to wipe logic out, right? A ton of it. You yeah. have to wipe a ton of it out. But for those of you that have any sort of science knowledge, if the moon didn't exist, the, or the Earth as, it, as we know it would not exist. Right. Because the moon controls the gravitational Gravity. pull, the tides, the tides yeah. everything. The Earth would be completely destroyed. So just the moon shifting... Time it's out. orbit, bear what? You know where I learned that? Where? Fun fact, Bruce Almighty. Okay. Yes. See? Because he pulls the moon closer yeah. and all this crap goes wrong. Right, yeah. Sorry. No, seriously. Just... At least that was a little accurate, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. So the moon is starting to shift orbit, barely anything happens, and then it's all of a sudden getting ready to crash. Like, you can see the moon. You can almost reach out and touch it from the, from the, <laughs> the land, and nothing disastrous is happening aside from chunks of the moon coming towards the Earth, and they have to launch a space shuttle. On a whim, with an, a, in, with an engine a large down. extension ladder. Yeah, with an engine down as well. <laughs> like, it is it is awful, it is bad, but what makes it so bad is the, the script. The, the script is bad. The acting through it is bad. It is just so bad. It's a Roland Emmerich film. <laughs> okay. So, That's sign right. number one. There's, right. there's an indicator right. for some people. Because it's basically all he does. Is disaster films right? Sure, I, but I sometimes enjoy them. Like sometimes Independence enjoy them. Day, Independence is Day, awesome. It's a Love it. Fun, not quotable, a, not a great film, but it's fun. But super fun and rewatchable. Super Very fun. enjoyable. Yes. And then it went downhill basically since. Yes, then. it did. So that's it. okay. Let's look at IMDb as a five point one. I don't. That's, want, I want that's to know the Rotten Tomato score from the audience. That's okay. Okay, Moonfall because they're more <laughs> forgiving as we've just talked about. And it's it's one of those things. I bet it's going to become sort of weird cult classic. What do you think the critic score on Rotten let's, Tomatoes is? Let's take guesses on this. Jimmy the critic score for Moonfall. Critic score on Moonfall, I'm going to put at 63%. I'm going to go 25. Gover was way closer to 36% Ooh. Ouch. for Moonfall. Yep, so now, that's pretty bad. what do you think the audience score right now is for Moonfall? All right. I'm going to think that they thought it was not great. I'll give them another... 10 points and put them in, I don't know, maybe in the mid-40s. Okay. 65. Go over again, 70% audience score ah, for this god-awful no movie. audience, Jim. For this <laughs> god-awful movie. No faith. It's so bad. I wanted to like I wanted to like it for the fun. I wanted to like it for its hor- horribleness. Sure. Which is what we talked about earlier. Yes. Yeah, I wanted to like it for it being dumb. Couldn't even do that. Couldn't even, I, was on, I found myself getting on my phone. During uh, it. And that's how you know it's a waste it's a of bad time. time. Bad time. Anyway, yeah. so honorable. Can I throw out a <clears throat> honorable mention because I forgot yeah, about this course. one? It's got a it had a big budget, 
It had a terrible cast for the most part and uh, is fairly recent from a few years ago. Norbit. (laughs) (laughs) Valerian is the story of something that might have been good, but it was just plain awful. Cara Delevingne and a few others uh, have to carry this movie. Cara Delevingne is a terrible actress. Uh, She may be a decent model, whatever, I don't know, but she's awful. I cared about no one in the cast. Uh, It was dumb from beginning to end. I felt insulted. Rihanna's in it playing an intergalactic Rihanna who, like, you know, dances and sings. A real stretch for her, though. Yeah, a real stretch for her. (laughs) Just pushing the envelope. Showing her range. It is Was she a... from the Umbrella Ella Ella system? <laughs> okay, that's... We're done. We're done you just shut this down. Sorry. <laughs> it needed to be. You laughed, though. It was good. <laughs> Quick late submission. The movie I was trying to talk about earlier was Terror Tunes. Terror Tunes. Wow. Is a straight-to-video movie about... <laughs> oh, it was? You know what? You don't need to know. It was just... <laughs> okay. Yeah, All shout right. out to Lance Lisa and Wysock for that one. All right. Terror Tunes. Just, the... just so you know. Uh, if we you really to want do... to go search it out on YouTube or something, you can just have a good old time. It's a, perfect, a bad for a bad movie night. night. Bad yep. movie night is a great time. Mm-hmm. We used to do it mm-hmm. ourselves. As, you know, before uh, when we were, you know... Adults? Put loose and fancy free and had to be adulting <laughs> all the time. <laughs> This is the Untitled Film Project podcast. We've been talking about the movie Amsterdam uh, by David O. Russell with Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, and John David Washington, among so many others. Get in touch with us. Social media, Untitled Film Project podcast, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and then go to our link tree. You can find all the links where you can subscribe to us, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple, Anywhere you want to subscribe to us, you can go listen, give us a review, interact with us. We love interacting with you, so follow us all on social media. Thank you for listening to the Untitled Film Project podcast. To support the show, please rate, review, follow, and subscribe. Original music by Jeremy Schwartz. Special thanks to the Music City Film Critics Association. Editing and post-production by Jeremy K. Gover. Voiceover by Chad Bennett. The Untitled Film Project podcast is presented in cooperation with iHeartRadio.